Thank you very much. You are listening to the Jazz Focus here on WETF, South Bend, Indiana, the Jazz Station. And uh, my name is John Clark. Very happy to be back with you. Hope you're enjoying these programs. We are going to be focusing on uh, about three recording sessions that were made, three or four recording sessions made in 1932. And they usually go under the heading of the Rhythm Makers, even though that wasn't the name that they were issued under, except for the very last one. Uh, These were organized around the person of uh, Billy Banks, who is not terribly well known. He did not participate in the last session we're going to talk about, but there's a 
consistency with the personnel that goes through here. Billy Banks is a singer. Uh, we have not yet heard him sing. The first two numbers, uh, first was an instrumental, the second featured a uh, vocal by Henry Red Allen. We're going to be talking about that in a second. But Billy Banks was a singer who was a, a stage show singer, vaudeville singer, what have you. He was uh, working in Cleveland, Ohio in about 19... 19- 31 or so, and he was discovered, as much as anyone has ever discovered, by Irving Mills, the uh, promoter and music publisher who had served as Duke Ellington's manager for a while. Uh, He had a publishing house in New York. He uh, uh, sponsored a number of bands uh, that went out and performed his music, and he did a lot of recording sessions. Interesting guy. He's uh, uh, sometimes vilified in the jazz press for having taken advantage of Duke Ellington. How much he actually took advantage of Duke Ellington is an open question. Um, Ellington did well with him as his manager for a little while and then gradually started to suspect that Irving Mills was taking a little more than his share, shall we say, and they uh, parted ways in the 1930s. Anyway, this uh, fellow Billy Banks uh, had been a female impersonator on stage for a while. In fact, some of his vocals have a very high pitch and were (laughs) assumed to have been by women, which they were not. He actually was influenced, if anybody, by Cab Calloway. He sounds very much like uh, the early Cab Calloway and with his scat singing and Heidi Ho's and so forth. Um, Very much a jazz singer. And he uh, came to New York, as I said, in about 1931. He recorded with the Mills Blue Rhythm Band, which was one of Irving Mills' uh, sort of house bands. It was an African-American band that sort of kept the seat warm for Duke Ellington when he went on the road. They played at the Cotton Club and then some other clubs as well. Billy Banks was their singer for a little while. He made a series of recordings, some of which we're listening to today. And then he went uh, out on his own. He started working for Billy Rose at the Diamond Horseshoe Club. And he was there all the way through the 1940s till early 1950 or so. And then he went on the road and he went to uh, Europe. He went to Australia. He recorded with some bands over there in the 50s and 60s, uh, and he ended up passing away in 1967 in Tokyo, of all places. He uh, was born in 1908, so he had a pretty long career, very interesting career, and I think you'll agree he was an interesting singer as well. So, what are the first two tunes we heard? These were actually made by the uh, Billy Banks and his orchestra, and these were all recorded for uh, the Dime Store labels, some of these Depression-era uh, labels that were marketed to uh, or, or sold through uh, dime stores like Woolworths or sometimes department stores, places like that. Uh, they were issued sometimes on Banner or Perfect or Melatone, uh, sometimes even major labels like Columbia, but usually the smaller labels. So the first two tunes we heard were The Bugle Call Rag and Oh Peter, You're So Nice. And these were done uh, probably before Billy Banks made it to the uh, studio. He may have been late. He only participated in the third tune of this session, which we're in fact not going to hear. We're going to hear something from a little bit later that he was on. But the band was made up of Henry Red Allen, great New Orleans trumpet player. Uh, He played trumpet, obviously, and he sang on Oh Peter. Uh, That tune was remade a few weeks later, just about a month later, actually, with Billy Banks singing it. Almost the same arrangement, but I happen to like that one a little bit better. Red Island was born in New Orleans in 1908. Uh, he came to New York in the late 1920s. He started playing and being featured with Louis Russell's great band. And uh, from there, he uh, was in the same band that ended up backing Louis Armstrong through most of the 30s. And he did that. It was a sort of a thankless task for a trumpet player, although he did get some solos. Louis liked him very much. And he had his own recording series as well. And then for a while, he was with Fletcher Henderson's band. He was with the Mills Blue Rhythm Band, too. And then he went out on his own and did lots of combo stuff on 52nd Street and became one of the titans of uh, traditional or Dixieland New Orleans jazz in the 1950s and 60s. We also heard Pee Wee Russell, great clarinet player from uh, Oklahoma. He was usually lumped in with the Chicago musicians, even though he didn't really play in Chicago in the 1920s very much, but he uh, was uh, commonly associated, a little bit later in his career anyway, with Eddie Condon. Eddie Condon actually uh, booked these sessions. He was the the, um, music procurer, I guess. He called the the musicians and brought them together. He had done this for a number of different sessions in the uh, late 20s and early 30s always brought together interesting musicians and very notably for the time uh, mixed bands African Americans and white musicians and that was hardly ever done on stage and in person and not much more frequently done in the recording studio but Eddie Condon was very much uh, invested in uh, integration and in uh, combining African American and white players through his entire career in fact 
he's never really gotten the credit for that. He was born in Indiana in 1905. He lived till 1973. He was a guitarist and a banjo player. Plays more, I think, banjo on this rec- on these recordings. Um, he uh, was really known as a director and a and a, an entrepreneur, a very fine band leader and club owner as well. We also heard on these sessions another Chicago musician, uh, Joe Sullivan, the great stride pianist. He was in New York at the time. I believe he was playing for the Roger Wolf Kahn Orchestra. We remember this was during the Depression, the worst part of the Depression, in fact, and these musicians were scuffling for jobs. As I said, Red Allen was, uh, had been playing with Louis Russell. He had probably just finished his term with Russell at this point. These sessions were made in April of 1932. Pee Wee Russell was playing with a number of different bands. Uh, Joe Sullivan, as I said, uh, was with Roger Wolf Kahn. He actually left to go with Bing Crosby as his accompanist in 1933. Uh, in addition to Eddie Condon, we had on guitar Jack Bland, uh, who I believe was from Missouri. He was known for playing with the Mound City Blues Blowers in the 1920s, and he played a lot of sessions in the early 30s before moving out to the West Coast and pretty much retiring from music. He was born in 1999, one of the oldest musicians in this set, and lived until 1968. The bass player was a fellow from New Orleans named Al Morgan. The Morgans were a legendary clan in New Orleans. The uh, Sam Morgan Jazz Band made recordings in the late 1920s, early big band recordings in New Orleans, and featured uh, Sam Morgan on trumpet, Andrew Morgan uh, on saxophone and clarinet, Isaiah Morgan was on trumpet. I guess Al didn't make it. He wasn't quite old enough to do those dates, but he was from the same uh, vintage, and he played string bass. He was uh, playing probably with the Otto Hardwick band. Uh, Hardwick had left Duke Ellington for a while and was leading his own band in 1932, but he quickly returned to Duke Ellington right about the time these sessions were made, and Al Morgan then went with Cab Calloway. On drums, we have another Chicago musician, a young fellow named Gene Krupa, lived from 1909 to 1973. He was playing with Russ Colombo at the time and uh, was also doing uh, work in the Broadway pit orchestras. Of course, this was before the swing era, before he went with Benny Goodman. So that was your band, Billy Banks and his orchestra, featuring that group, the Bugle Call Rag, uh, which was a standard, jazz standard at that time. It was about 10 years old. And then, Oh, Peter, You're So Nice, which was uh, composed, I believe, by Herb Weedoft, the brother of Rudy Weedoft, the saxophone player. We're going to hear four tunes right now from Billy Banks and his orchestra from May and July of 1932. We're going to hear Spider Crawl. Um, which is a, a blues tune that's credited to Jack Bland and Eddie Condon and uh, features Billy Banks on the vocal. Also, Take It Slow and Easy, another bluesy tune, Bald-Headed Mama, and I Would Do Anything for You, uh, the standard tune by uh, Claude Hopkins and Alex Hill. So those are our tunes right now. We're going to hear, as I said, uh, Spider Crawl, Take It Slow and Easy, Bald-Headed Mama, and I Would Do Anything for You. Billy Banks and his Rhythm Makers, the same band that we just heard, with the exception of Zooty Singleton, replacing Gene Krupa on drums. We'll talk about uh, the personnel when we get back. Just like a weeping willow tree 
I said my gal is just like a weeping willow tree She hangs her head and weeps all day for me I'm going up the river, honey, but I can't take you I'm going up the river, honey, but I can't take you Cause there ain't nothing up there a good gal like you can do Another man 
haven't taken your digitalis or your nitroglycerin today, you might want to do that. Uh, based on the music we've been hearing and the music we're going to hear, there are no ballads in this series of recordings. This is all very high-energy stuff played during the Depression uh, when jazz recordings were not uh, uh, very lucrative. Nothing was very lucrative, but jazz musicians were not given a lot of chance to record during this period from the stock market crash until really until the swing era until about 1934 or 35 so these small group sessions of the sort we're hearing today are really uh, extraordinary documents especially this one which features so many different musicians, uh, black and white, uh, and uh, all playing together beautifully. Uh, we just heard, let's see, the first three tunes we heard uh, were Spider Crawl, Take It Slow and Easy, and Bald-Headed Mama. Uh, 
on one source I have, they're all, all three of them are credited to Jack Bland and Eddie Condon, and they're all pretty uh, standard bluesy or, or almost folk blues type of uh, performances, so there's really no sense of uh, composition in these tunes, I don't think. They were probably just cooked up right in the studio. So the personnel, uh, as with the first one, was Henry Red Allen on trumpet playing some very exciting trumpet. You can tell why he was featured so heavily in the uh, Louis Russell band and uh, was given his own recording contract. He did pinch-hitting dates with Don Redmond's band. Uh, also, he had done a couple of pinch-hitting dates with Fletcher Henderson before he was taken on as a full-time player. Um, we heard some of his playing uh, some time ago on this station when we uh, did the 1934 Decca recordings of the Fletcher Henderson Band, which featured Henry Allen quite extensively. We heard P.V. Russell on clarinet uh, doing some very uh, characteristic clarinet playing. This is sort of the first... I would say the first recognizable Pee Wee Russell on record. There were some other things that he did. He recorded with the Mount City Blues Blowers and with uh, Red Nichols Orchestra. And some of the solos sound a lot like Pee Wee, but they don't really have the quality that we associate with him later in his life, starting from the mid to late 30s when he was recording with Eddie Condon and then with his own groups as well. But this uh, series of recordings that he was on, playing clarinet anyway, really highlight his development as a player. He sounded like no one else. He had a very original sound and approach to music. We heard Joe Sullivan on piano, a very fine stride pianist uh, who was better known later in life. He had recorded some things uh, in Chicago with some of the young Chicago musicians like Eddie Condon and uh, uh, Red McKenzie, Muggsy Spanier, Jimmy McPartland and so forth in the late 1920s, but his career had kind of languished a little bit in terms of recordings anyway. Uh, This brought him back into the studios and then as I said he went on the road with uh, Bing Crosby, can be heard very frequently on recordings with him for the next few years, and then came back to New York, started playing with the Bob Crosby Band, and then went uh, onto 52nd Street, led his own small groups, and then had a very long solo career as well. Eddie Condon, as we mentioned, on banjo, he was also responsible for putting this band together. Jack Bland on guitar. Between the two of them and Al Morgan on bass, they had quite a propulsive rhythm section. Al Morgan, as I mentioned, uh, an African-American from New Orleans who had a very, very strong sound. We're going to hear uh, Pops Foster in just a minute, who is usually credited with being the the prototypical New Orleans bass player. But Al Morgan was was very similar. He played that slappy, very uh, powerful style. And then, uh, on those three recordings, another New Orleans player, Zudi Singleton, a great New Orleans drummer who at the time uh, was probably uh, playing with... um Otto Hardwick's band as well, as I mentioned. That was a band that had just broken up. He had been in New Orleans, as I said. He ended up going to Chicago with a number of different groups. He played with the Carol Dickerson Band, which is where he met Louis Armstrong. He actually had known him for uh, quite a time in New Orleans, but they played together in that band and then recorded together with the uh, second version of the Hot Five and then came to New York with the Dickerson Band and Zudi Singleton stayed stayed around for uh, a few years before returning to Chicago and then uh, going off and becoming uh, very well thought of as a traditional jazz drummer. But his playing here was pretty exciting. This was in a really extraordinary rhythm section on this session, which was done on May 23rd of 1932. Then we finished up with the first tune of the next session, July 26th of 1932. Slightly different band, playing a standard tune in this case, I Would Do Anything For You, which was a brand new tune. It had just been composed by Alex Hill, the great... Uh, Uh, pianist and uh, uh, arranger and composer, African-American, who had conspired, I guess, or collaborated with Claude Hopkins, the band leader and also stride piano player, to create this tune, I Would Do Anything For You, and featuring Billy Banks on vocal, as these other ones do as well. We heard Henry Allen again. Pee Wee Russell, in this case, is playing tenor sax and played a very booting tenor sax solo. Um, This was, I think, the last time he he recorded on anything or he soloed at any rate on anything but clarinet in the studios. And we're going to hear some very good blues tenor sax coming up in a second. There was a clarinet player here from Chicago whose name was Jimmy Lord. Not very well known. He died quite young. He had tuberculosis. Died in 1936. Don't know how old he was, but probably in his late 20s. He had recorded uh, with uh, a number of um, groups in Chicago in the 1920s. He had a very 
original style on clarinet as well. And Pee Wee Russell said that he was, uh, I don't know if he was an influence, but they were running in parallel directions at the time in the 20s and 30s. And he played clarinet on this session, although, interestingly, he doesn't get any solos. He gets a lot of accompaniments and a couple of little solo breaks and things like that, but no real extensive solos. We also heard Eddie Condon, Jack Bland, Pops Foster, and Zooty Singleton, and rounding out the rhythm section, the great Fats Waller on stride piano. Uh, Fats had uh, been playing with different bands in, in Harlem. He had been writing for shows. Um, he had uh, done music for Connie's Hot Chocolates and, and uh, had created uh, a good number of his most famous tunes by 1932, although he lived another 11 years, still died quite young, and continued to compose great tunes as well. But he was known as a really matchless piano player in a small group setting like this one. And you can hear, uh, as great as Joe Sullivan was, there's an extra layer of energy when Fats Waller comes to the table. So our next three tunes are going to be the rest of this session, July 26, 1932, the band I just described. We're going to hear the Mean Old Bedbug Blues, which is a kind of a traditional blues tune. Uh, Bessie Smith recorded something like this. This features uh, Billy Banks uh, doing, I think, a, a sort of a... I don't know if I'd call it a female impersonation vocal, but a sort of a, uh, a childlike impersonation imitating a bedbug, as it were. And we can hear Fats Waller in there as well. We'll then go to the W.C. Handy tune called the Yellow Dog Blues and finish up with uh, uh, an Andy Rizaf uh, number called Yes, Suh, which was taken up by uh, some of the Western swing groups a little bit later. This was a popular number as well. So we'll do those tunes, and then we will start with the last session from October of 1932. Billy Banks is not on this session. This is called Jack Bland and His Rhythm Makers. has some different people in it. We'll tell you about them when we get to the other side of uh, this set. The tune we're going to hear is It's Gonna Be You, which features a vocal by Chick Bullock. So our four tunes in this set, Mean Old Bedbug Blues, The Yellow Dog Blues, Yes, Sir, and It's Gonna Be You.
rider struck this bird today on a southbound rattler's side door Pullman car. Seen him here and he was on the hall. Easy rider, gotta stay away. So he had to vamp it, but the hike ain't far. He's gone where the southern cross the yellow doll.
So we started that session with the last three titles from July 26, 1932, The Rhythm Makers, or Billy Banks and his orchestra. Uh, we heard The Mean Old Bedbug Blues, The Yellow Dog Blues, and Yes, Sir. Um, those featured some really fiery playing by Red Allen on trumpet especially, but a wonderful tenor sax solo by Pee Wee Russell on the mean old bedbug blues. He's not given credit for being uh, as good a musician as he actually was. He uh, made his living during the Depression as a saxophone and clarinet player, so he knew what he was doing, and he uh, uh, was a very fine saxophone player in his day as well. And then, of course, we heard some Fats Waller in there, some great piano solos, some Pops Foster on uh, bass, some good clarinet obligato work by Jimmy Lord in there, particularly on Yellow Dog Blues, and, of course, the vocals of Billy Banks, really a, an interesting character in jazz. Good singer, um, with maybe a little different promotion or more promotion or whatever. He could have rivaled Cab Calloway, who knows? He certainly had uh, a, a very recognizable and original style. So then we went to the last session we're going to talk about, which occurred in uh, October of 1932, October 8th, Jack Bland and his Rhythm Makers. I told you we were going to hear It's Gonna Be You, and we did, and we had some time, so we stuck in another one, too. It's Gonna Be You, featuring a vocal by Chick Bullock, who was a studio vocalist, a white uh, uh, singer of the time, recorded hundreds and hundreds of sides in the 1930s um, with all kinds of different bands. He apparently read music well and could sight-read and, and sing songs off the top of his head as he read them, and was a very valuable member of the uh, recording community, recorded with a lot of great jazz players. He himself was really not a jazz singer, but he was a music singer as we heard there. We also heard Red Allen singing on Someone Stole Gabriel's Horn, and uh, he was indeed a jazz singer. So this was a slightly different band, Henry Red Allen on trumpet, we had Pee Wee Russell back on clarinet, Eddie Condon and Jack Bland in the string section with Pops Foster and Zudi Singleton on the bottom of the rhythm. We had in this band Frank Freba on piano, he was a white New Orleans player, born in 1907. Uh, he. Uh, played in New Orleans with a number of different groups and recorded there as well, came to New York in the mid to late 20s, actually uh, relocated to Atlantic City where he led a band throughout the late 1920s, and periodically he came back to New York in the 1930s. He actually spent some time with Benny Goodman's first band, even before the big band. He recorded with him in about 1933 and uh, thereabouts, and he did sessions with Bunny Berrigan and uh, lots of different uh, people as well. We also heard Happy Caldwell on tenor sax. He was a, a, a ubiquitous presence on the Harlem scene, a, a, a black a saxophone player, a clarinet player as well. Never really played with any big-name bands. He played with a lot of the second-tier Harlem bands and showed up on a lot of different recordings in the late 20s and into the 30s. He's on the Jelly Roll Morton uh, Victor session from 1939 with Sidney Bechet and Albert Nicholas and uh, Cindy de Paris and so forth. Uh, he played tenor sax on that, and he played uh, in uh, New York bands and so forth all through the 40s and 50s. He lived into the 1970s and was interviewed, I think, fairly extensively later in life. Very interesting player. And last but not least, we had a trombone player on this uh, session, a man named Tommy Dorsey, who uh, at the time was only about 27 years old. He was actually one of the older musicians on this session, playing a very uh, jazzy trombone for him. He was known for his straight playing, and we're going to hear a beautiful straight solo from him in finishing up our program today, but some much hotter playing by him on uh, It's Gonna Be You, especially. So we're going to play two more tunes and take it out from there uh, with Jack Bland and his Rhythm Makers. We're going to hear Who Stole the Lock on the Hen House Door, another Andy Razaf tune. This one uh, features a vocal by Henry Allen and uh, the chorus of the musicians. And then a standard tune by Howard Dietz and Arthur Schwartz called A Shine on Your Shoes, which I believe was brand new in 1932. This was not a tune that was terribly well known until I think Mel Torme picked it up um, many, many years later and uh, featured himself extensively on This Is A Jazz Tune. We'll hear a very nice trombone solo on that and a nice Chick Bullock vocal as well. And also great playing by Henry Allen, Pee Wee Russell et al. So before we uh, leave off with those uh, uh, two sides, I will tell you my name is John Clark. You are listening to The Jazz Focus on WETF. 
South Bend, Indiana, the Jazz Station, and happy to be with you. Hope you're enjoying these programs. Have a lot of ideas of things coming up. A Jack Teagarden program from just about this time, 1933-34. Some traditional jazz with Turk Murphy. Lots of different things coming up. If you're interested in this type of music and would like to hear a little bit more and a little bit more of my ramblings, Take a look at my podcast, also called The Jazz Focus, accessible on Anchor.fm, also on Spotify and uh, Apple Music and finer providers everywhere. So if you'd like to get in touch with me too, check out Facebook. My name, John Clark, also my band, Wolverine Jazz Band. Uh, We're on Instagram as well. And if you'd like to shoot me an email and tell me if you like the program or not, love to hear from you. So again, this is John Clark in the Jazz Focus. We're going to finish off with Two Sides by Jack Bland and his Rhythm Makers from October 8th, 1932. Who stole a lock on the hen house door and a shine on your shoes?
happy feeling A wonderful way to start to find the world every day With a dee-dee-dum-dee-dye-dye Little melody that is making the worrying world go by When you walk down the street With a happy-go-lucky beat 